Hey, welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm Randy. And I'm Bryce. And I'm Bradley. Hey, and this week we're talking about kind of a return. We're talking about Skinwalkers and the amazing, I'm going to butcher the name, the Tatakila. It's a very difficult name to understand, but it basically means owl women. Yeah. And, and you said before, like, uh, I know we've covered Wendigos in the past. Yeah. I was under the impression before this episode started that skinwalkers were the same thing. Well, good news. This episode just started now, so we can clear that up now. Uh, <laughs> skinwalkers are very close. They're very similar to Wendigos, and often they're used, the, the words and the iconography is used very similarly and sometimes intermixed, but they are different. Uh, they're very similar in that they're animalistic kind of creatures from Native American stories and folklore, but mm. they do have very distinct differences, distinct origins, and Question, things like that. Right? And I think it's cool. Wendigos originated in like Canada, obviously not Canada mm -hmm. during the time, but like that area, like yeah, very yeah. North, North America, and then skinwalkers are more in what is now the United States, correct? Yes, and this is, and they started uh, okay. more specifically, they started down in the western United States, in Wyoming, Utah, uh, that kind of California as well, the western part of the United States, that's where. So, yeah. I guess this we do time, have, like skinwalker ranch in Utah, right? Yep, exactly, and we're going to be talking about that later on in the episode where that's one of the most famous stories about skinwalkers is from that ranch. And one of the nowadays most common places where people feel like or, or claim to have seen skinwalkers. So, and there's some Native American superstitions that center around either that ranch specifically or the area around that ranch. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. That ranch is very creepy. Um, and because we, we did talk about it a little bit before the episode, but just because mm -hmm. I'm like, I still want to like maybe mention it because it's kind of what I'm into right now. So <clears throat> we talked about cryptids last week. Would you uh, guys you were... consider these? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out how this was going to bring up Nader, or, uh, oh. <laughs> Star Wars or how is it going to be Norse mythology? Not... <laughs> I will get there. I promise I'll get there. I'll find um, a way. <laughs> oh, yeah, but like the Holy Trinity, that and uh, religion. <laughs> <laughs> and seriously that's all i do that's all i know um no so uh because i mean the really broad general definition of a cryptid is pretty much just a creature that people believe in right that hasn't been completely proven by science right. kind of that's flatline what it is yeah, and right. so technically anything can be a cryptid which is obviously not what most people believe as cryptids and so we did talk about Loch Ness Monster we've talked about or just briefly talked about like Bigfoot Yetis um you know gone forever things Wind like that whatever. and so would things like Wendigos Skinwalkers Tatakilas and stuff would those be in that subject or would that be more of would this be more almost religious and not as much in the folklore um i think sense. yeah it does i think it's by the very broad general term like you were saying of a a cryptid then yeah they do technically but like honestly almost everything that we talk about does fall into that because it's like well if someone thinks or believes or or kind of hopes that it could exist or does exist then 
it theoretically would fit into that category of a cryptid. But I think most of the time when you look up cryptids, you're not going to see skinwalkers or you're not going to see wendigos or things like that because they're a little bit different and less, I don't know. I don't know why, but they're just not really associated with that theory, that, that thought process of, of cryptids. So mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't know if it's necessarily because they're more religious based because they're not necessarily like associated with the native american religion as far as we can tell it's just that it's more part of their culture and i don't know if people really want to try and lump it in with other things they just kind of like hey they can have their thing and it's just interesting to learn about and we'll leave it with that from what i can tell it could also be like just purely due to sheer popularity and that you know like bigfoot and the yeti are like worldwide kind of almost like household names yeah you know whereas uh i feel like you don't know a whole lot about skinwalkers unless you actually kind of researched it or actually tried to look Mm -hmm. into it yeah that's probably true as well where like maybe there's some of them that are a little bit more popular like windigos i would say are relatively popular but i think most people only know the name and they don't really know much more information other than that whereas like anybody who says bigfoot they're like oh okay i know he's like a giant yeti-ish man walking out in the woods of the americas and people are out hunting him trying to find him there's been footprints out they've got a picture of him like paused midair like robot style so i think like there's a little bit more widespread information than with most other things so yeah it's a great great question um that being said a little bit of a a forewarning with this episode just so that like we get it out of the way there is with skinwalkers specifically but with native american lore in general especially especially with the lesser known ones uh there's not so much not very much information known about these kind of creatures skinwalkers the Takil al and things like that mainly because not because there's not information out there it's mostly just because the Native American tribes that have these stories and talk about these stories are pretty reluctant to share these stories with outsiders, with people that they don't trust. Um, so the skinwalker stories, they come specifically from the Navajo culture and people that they associated with. There's a couple of tribes that they talk to as well that have these stories as well. But specifically, it's the Navajo. And the Navajo are very secretive about the stories that they tell just because they don't like to tell people that they don't trust um, even within their own tribes they still won't talk about it to people that are within their trust circle just because well, it, it makes sense because if you i mean let's go back to it if you talk about like bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster or something it's kind of just like here it is let's make this a tourist attraction and it exactly kind of all real meaning but then when yeah. you get into these more cultural uh entities or cultural just aspects of people's lives right you don't mm-hmm. want to share you know let's just i mean just baseline religion right that's not when you if you have like a really deep experience or something and you're not just i mean i mean maybe some people i guess do but like usually that's something that's just personal to yourself right and it's not something that you just want to put on the internet and make it go viral or something right so like yeah you, they're, they're doing it out of respect to to their culture and that's i feel like that's you know better than trying to you know make money off of it or make tourist attractions off of it absolutely yeah i completely think that's the good best thing to do very much so and i feel very much like the same way you know in that like like only respect for this 
mm-hmm. you know, and like all that. Yeah. So like, not necessarily that the skinwalkers or stories like these that they're. It's not that all of the stories that they don't want to talk about are sacred to them or like they're not necessarily purely religious, like I was mentioning. But it's just part of their culture and it's special to them. Not necessarily in a sacred mm-hmm. religious manner. It's just that's what makes them special and those are stories that have been told to their their parent or from their parents from their parents parents and so it's just something that they don't want to like get out and become kind of popularized they, they, don't, and, wanna, and, and they don't want to make it a pop culture thing they exactly just want a story I mean, for them for look culture. at we'll talk about like i said earlier earlier we'll talk about the skinwalker ranch in a little bit and the skinwalker ranch as soon as there started being stories about skinwalkers and things like supernatural things happening on that ranch as soon as people found out about that people started flocking to that place just to like hopefully see something and it's like that's just i think something that they are trying to avoid they just don't want people just flocking those kind of people flocking to them just to know if and hopefully see stuff because they just they don't want to be bothered so there's actually a pretty interesting quote by a a native american activist and he was he was talking to several of the uh, Native American people, the the Navajos tribes and others in the area, and one of them kind of kind of called out J.K. Rowling. I don't think specifically her, but they just used her as an example, saying that like, well, what happens if we start telling people these stories, and then J.K. Rowling, or I would say anybody, but he specifically called out Rowling. But what it happens when they start to then put it in their works, in their books, in their movies or whatnot. And then all of a sudden now the, the native people are opened up to a huge barrage of questions and people are starting to ask them and, and kind of pester them to try and figure out their traditions and their beliefs and things. And that's just things that they don't want to be bothered with. They don't want to discuss and they don't need outsiders in their business. And so the guy actually like apologized he's like i'm sorry if it seems unfair but that's just that's just how we are and that's how our culture is going to be able to survive so we're just gonna not share so not that we're trying to be rude but we're just not but the thing is he doesn't need to sound rude exactly we've already like americans right we've already stolen all their land what like what else can we steal from them we're gonna just steal their ideas from other like what like exactly we just need to respect their culture and i feel like yeah you know educating people on you know baseline stuff like what we're doing here and yeah. what other people have done like that's good but as soon as you try to you know make it popularized and take it to the next level where you know mm-hmm. jake Rowling was actually trying to make a book about native american wizards and stuff oh was she i didn't even know I, oh, yeah, that. I, I, yeah i looked it up just to, well, there to you go. Remember, but, and so like that's taking it way too far because she was putting these creatures and just um, then maybe he was calling her there. No, I no, definitely they definitely were. So I was going to add that in, and so she was literally stealing their culture and making tons of money off of it. And wow. I don't, I mean, I'm not even sure if she was like giving credit to anyone. I don't know. It was just a whole thing. All right. Well, then uh, I don't feel so bad about uh, calling her out or about no. this guy calling <laughs> her out because it's like, hey, that's fair. I've I've never been a huge fan of her, but I was like, I mean, maybe he was just talking about generally everyone. I'm not going to put my own personal bias. I'm. Just because I don't like her doesn't necessarily mean that she's just <laughs> always looking to be the worst, but apparently she is. So no, she's, she's great. The worst. Awesome. Love to hear it. So that being said, uh, like we said, they don't like love to talk about it. Even 
amongst each other, they kind of consider it a taboo to talk about it. So they really won't, especially with outsiders, but even amongst each other. So the stories that we're going to talk about are the ones that are widely accessible from either stories that have been told by some of the uh, Native American tribes that have been willing to talk or stories that we've kind of picked up from writings. But so I was, I would say the stories that we have here are like the ones that are widely accessible, but just be cautious when you're talking to people. If you end up running across people, just be respectful for what they believe and understand that they might not be interested in sharing. And if they're not interested, that's fine. There's some stories out online that if you want to read about those, that's cool. Here's some that we're going to talk about today, but otherwise just don't bother them because it's just, they're not interested in divulging too much information. So, but any questions, comments, concerns, ideas? No, I'm, I'm like Bryce. I'm very interested to yeah. learn the differences between Wendigos and Skinwalkers. Cause even oh, though I did lots. like, like brought like just baseline before we started, I knew that like the names were from different mm -hmm. parts north america i really kind of always just lumped them into the same category so i'm interested to learn sure. about them in general so yeah go yeah for so it. you guys are i mean I, I see that picture that you posted and man that oh, picture yeah. looks freaking sick dude. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah that, that picture is very cool though that picture i'll be, be honest does look like relatively wendigo ish um but that's also because a lot of the pictures of the wendigos that are on line do tend to stray more towards skinwalker territory and less towards the actual core of what wendigos are so that's why it's often hard to like tell what is what because one the wendigos stray towards skinwalkers a lot and kind of vice versa so that being yeah, said i do see a lot of the simul similarities yeah, there in my yeah. pictures but there are some very very distinct differences and i think they're very cool but so you guys have heard of skinwalkers a little bit. Have you guys ever heard of the Tata Kilal? Never, those are, man. Those are the owl women. And I'm probably going to now okay. try and just refer to them as that because it, I, I don't want to try and butcher that name too many times and become offensive. So, <laughs> but you never heard of those guys? I've heard of I owl mean, bears in D&D, but it's like, a little different. Yeah, I was say as well. yeah, it's like totally different, you know, but a little bit different. But... I will say. That just based off of names of skinwalkers and owl women, I'd much rather run into an owl woman <laughs> because skinwalkers are terrifying, and you know, owl women just look—I feel like—are just like large. But that's because I'm right? basing it off of owl, owl, owl bears, so yeah. I don't know. Also, the name skinwalker is like a really gross name. That is—I mean, it fits for what they are, but it's really gross. I, whoever came up with that yeah. name, is very creative because it's creepy. Kind of makes your like skin crawl a little bit. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 it makes my skin walk. Please. Ooh. Oh man, is it just gonna hop off your meat suit and start Sometimes. prancing around? Hey, maybe we'll see. Uh, so there's a couple of different theories with uh, skinwalkers because I mean, as there is as happens with cultures that typically their stories are to told just through voice and there's not really many written down stories there's always going to be several iterations of where stories come from and what the stories are and things like that uh, so there's several different stories of the origins of skinwalkers and what they are and where they came from one of the stories that i thought was pretty cool 
it kind of goes a little bit more along with like their stories of the creation of where the world comes from. Oh. Uh, this, yeah, and I didn't realize that that existed, but it's pretty neat. And so their th- thought, their uh, the story goes that is that skinwalkers were once here on Earth to help the divine, to be helpers of the divine beings. Um, in Navajo stories, the Nagalashi, I think is how is pronounced. They were these agents of the what are they're what they're called holy people, and they were down here in service of the holy people to try and teach humans and train them as to how to live, what to do, and how to follow in the blessing way. So they were kind of down here as like almost kind of like if we want to do a really crude comparison, almost I would say kind of like angels where like they're here to try and teach and more hands-on help humans. And then they leave humans and kind of leave the, the humans to do their own thing. But problem is there were some, like I said, all of the Nagalashi were supposed to leave. They were supposed to go back and be reunited with the holy people and leave the mortal world alone. But several of them, we don't know how many, but several of them decided that they wanted to stay and they didn't want to go. And because of this, apparently that was a very greedy decision and was just totally against what their idea was supposed to be, what they were supposed to stand for. And so because of that, they were corrupted. And after staying in the mortal plane for too long, they became like twisted, corrupted beings from this power. And after a while, they transformed into these malicious, almost half divine beings called skinwalkers. And Hmm. so that's one of the stories of like skinwalkers came about that they're basically like almost demons, basically. Yeah, that's very interesting. uh And so that's the most supernatural story that I think is so cool that gives a very good analog as to how they feel about these skinwalkers. They don't, they're not big fans of them. Nobody, nobody tells good stories about skinwalkers. They're always pretty bad, which I think is interesting. Well, and already I'm, I'm just seeing huge, a huge contrast between them and Wendigos. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm almost like mad at myself for even thinking that they were the same because these guys, they're like, yeah, they're like totally different. I don't want to say cool because that's not what they are. (laughs) Like, I mean, the stories are kind of so, neat. But... The stories are so interesting and so different from anything I've heard before. And it's just, it's really cool to hear this, this, you know, even though it's not the most popular origin story or whatever, but right. like, it's, it's cool that there is a, um, not, I'm, I don't like religious kind of twist to it, but like this, you know, like just the story, um, is very, very interesting and yeah. like, I, I'm I'm all for it. I mean, I knew I would get you with this one. Brad, Brad being the religious buff that he is, I was like, oh man, he's going to love one where there's a religious story behind it and they have a, some sort of meaning behind there. So I knew mm-hmm. you were going to love it. I put that one in just for you. Not for you, actually. I, th- I thought it was just cool by itself. <laughs> but, but that being said, there is a more popular theory that exists that's more... I don't know if grounded down to earth, but it's more mundane of a story than the ones where it's like, where they're more of normal people and less of angelic twisted beings, if you will. 
So, is it less terrifying than twisted angelic <laughs> beings coming to kill you? Because that's pretty I mean, terrifying, man. I mean, if kind of the problem with this theory, um, this story that where, where they come from, the more mundane, like I was saying, is that it's a little bit more accessible. It's a little bit more easy. I mean, not that it's easy to become one, but it's a little bit more easy than becoming an angel and then becoming twisted angel. This one's just like a little bit more feasible. And so because of that, A, it could theoretically happen to kind of anybody, but also it could happen more often and there could be way more of them than just the few of these Nagalashi that decided to abandon the holy people. So like this one, the other theory, there could be way more skinwalkers out there than just a couple of them, which is a little bit frightening for me as well. So the story goes that like, so there's in Navajo culture, there's a big difference between there's witches and then there's medicine men. There's a big distinction. Um, and the witches are often in, or skinwalkers are often kind of lumped in with the witches category. There's skinwalkers and usually they're considered witches. And those witches are kind of like the opposite of what a Navajo cultural value should be. Like Navajo, they are always about healing and helping people and being there for each other and being positive, uplifting to each other and kind of they're all there to help the tribe. And the witches and the skinwalkers, they kind of stand for just being rebels of or agents of chaos, doing anything that they want to just for themselves and have no interest in helping others. So already the, the Navajo really don't like the anyone who is considered a witch slash skinwalker because of just they stand for totally different things. But I'm already seeing some like uh, parallels between the two stories just in that like, yeah. There's like a lot of like selfishness on the side absolutely. of the uh, the skinwalker on both yeah. stories. Yeah, absolutely. There is that. If you think about it, so you got like a tribe, right? So specifically, this would be the Navajo, right? Mm -hmm. And you have the medicine men. You have just the the community itself working, and especially you know, hundreds of years ago, um, they're you know everywhere. You're you're struggling for survival. You have to just mm -hmm. work. Everyone's pitching together to have a thriving community and you have a couple people fall into greed which also yeah indicates the last story as well but you have people that only look out for themselves and we can demonize people that do that because they are literally the antithesis of what we're trying to accomplish we're trying right. to make this community work we're trying to make this and whether or not you know skinwalkers are real it doesn't matter because what the problem is whether or not it became a skinwalker monster or anything demonizing people that are you know leaving the community looking out only right. for themselves that's just so you know it just makes sense and so this story like you said is definitely just maybe a little bit more mundane but like i can definitely see why it's more popular and more represented because that's exactly what these people are doing maybe mm -hmm. these people left to read and then you know obviously we'll hear the rest of the story but like that can corrupt people to become yeah. monsters almost i mean if you think about it with in modern day society if there's just like a couple of people, I mean, if you think about it in a more pessimistic way, there's probably a lot more than just a couple of people. But if you just in a broad sense, if there's a couple of people that just decide that they don't want to help out, they don't want to do anything, they're just going to kind of coast by and live off of the work of everyone else. It doesn't really affect 
most or even people worse than that and like yeah destroy what people have created oh, yeah. or trying to build up yeah like worst case scenario they even go further than that and they become actively damaging then on the large scale it doesn't really affect the large population all that much because there's so many people but with native american tribes there was usually not that many people in one tribe maybe maybe a couple hundred maybe a hundred people in one tribe so with just a couple of people one or two people that just decide that either they just want to be lazy and not do anything or like bryce was saying heaven forbid being actively like antagonistic and trying to be a hindrance that would be such a crippling effect to the entire tribe just they would have to provide for someone who's not doing anything, not helping anyone else. And they're actively doing negative things, actively hurting people. It would be such a drain and such a hindrance to that tribe that I could, I totally see why I I didn't realize while I was doing the research, but like after you guys have said, it's totally obvious why they would hate selfishness and such and things like that so much, because it would make everybody else's lives so much more difficult. Like, exponentially more difficult so it was very interesting i think that was that's a good call so witches like we said not a big fan of helping people but there's the classic uh stories of medicine men oftentimes either they were the chief or people in of power in the uh the tribes that there was usually a man of that knew medicine and quote unquote magic that they were able to help other people. And they were, depending on what tribe you talk to, they weren't always called medicine men. They were usually, or or sometimes they were women as well. So medicine men or women, but they weren't always called that. They were just usually called whatever term was appropriate for their language that would respond to, or like mean any kind of positive terms or what it would be to like help somebody. So there was a guy in almost every tribe that their job was to help the tribe and help heal people, help keep them safe and to use magic to be able to benefit by talking to spirits and things like that. Oftentimes, however, however, on the other hand, sorry, getting ahead of myself. However, witches (laughs) try and use that same kind of magic, but they try and use it for twisted means. They try and use these kind of ceremonies that, using that magic for their own good for whatever they want to do like to help themselves or even sometimes to hurt other people so there's the medicine man which is trying to help people and then these witches are often trying to hurt people or just help themselves the trick however is that oftentimes when a medicine man is learning how to use this magic to help people they have to learn both sides they have to learn how to use the magic for good and for evil so that way they can know like it's like they have to learn how to talk with spirits for example and with that they can either use that ability to for good by talking to good spirits helping the tribe helping cause rain or whatever to be able to help their crops or they could use it for evil by causing plagues causing sicknesses and things like that so when a medicine man was learning that magic, they're always going to have to learn both sides, which can lead to some problems where sometimes those medicine men that start to learn this magic end up getting corrupted by this, the, the possibility and the, the options for evil. 
and they would start to be twisted by the selfishness and their ability to do whatever they want and use this magic for evil. So that's where witches come from. And specifically, that was where skinwalkers came from. Is They started using this magic and over time would get corrupted and sometimes very quickly, sometimes over time it would happen, become corrupted and become entities of evil and they would just become a scourge. They would just become absolute monsters that would rip apart tribes. It was awful. So it was... That's pretty awful. Yeah, so that's where I'm saying like it's a little bit more mundane, but also a little bit more accessible that not necessarily everybody, because not everyone had the ability to use that ma- that type of magic and not everyone could access the uh the spirits but anyone who could had the pot- potential to just kind of decide one day that they were going to go off the deep end go off the rails and become these monsters that would have so much power and so much potential for bad so that being said there is also another side story that kind of relates to wendigos um, that there's some people that say that it's also possible that when someone does some kind of co- or commits some kind of sin, quote unquote, they didn't necessarily use that same word, but that's the kind of idea. Or when they commit the classic taboos that the, the tribe has set out, that would curse them with this kind of skinwalker curse. And that would be what caused them to go down that path. So kind of regardless of the the thing that caused them to become skinwalkers regardless of the catalyst or whatever almost all of the skinwalkers have the same kind of powers and they all do basically the same thing depending or no matter what version you talk about so it's pretty cool a little bit terrifying i mean after hearing the stories i was a little bit terrified by the uh <laughs> skinwalkers and the way how they could be created but it, I think the uh, stories are very interesting about where they came from and how different it is than, I mean, other than the last story, but they are very different than what the Wendigo does and how it can come from such a place of good and good intentions and hope and get twisted into something so terrible. Yeah, but, And I, c- I could see as like uh, being a person with that, that burden upon yourself, that would be also mm-hmm. kind of be frightening as well. Yeah, absolutely. And spoiler a little bit for uh, the Disney show What If. I was watching the last episode with uh, Doctor Strange. And after watching that, I was like, I mean, I can't say that I completely disagree with him. And I can't say if I was in his situation that I wouldn't have done the same or something similar. So it's probably a good thing that I don't have that power because I don't think I have the strength, the emotional and mental fortitude to be able to resist that kind of urge that, that like the ability to just be like, Hey, I, I can do it. So why shouldn't I? So I totally see where people with this kind of power would and could turn to that kind of darker path. And I not saying that I would, but I, I get, I understand where they come from. Of like, Hey, I mean, well, it's, it's really it's really interesting if you look at cultural like stories not mm-hmm. like, again so so for me I'm, I'm getting a bigger and bigger divide between just cryptids and cultural 
stories, right? right. Um, because if you look at cultural stories, um, and again, like I'm not ever going to say that a skinwalker or whatever is fake because I have no idea. I sure that's not, I'm not, you know, whatever, but let's just say it is. And let's just say all these stories are true, but it's interesting if you get these cultural stories from native Americans, from like, we've done the, uh, Norwegian and Scandinavian gnomes. We've done right. the, the dog dogs from hell from, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, but if you take these stories, every single one of them, it's, gives you a life story life lesson and teaches you something because i mean just like you were talking about with the doctor strange thing as well but like it doesn't matter what your intentions are if you like if you fall into any kind of thing like greed like um envy like Mm -hmm. any of like the the seven deadly sins right and but any of like anything negative if you have any negative intentions slash thing doesn't matter for the greater good or anything but like that is giving you a life lesson and it's so interesting because like that's what real life is like life is full of lessons absolutely morality is just everywhere right and mm-hmm. so like it's it's interesting you know both the supernatural stories and the more mundane human stories that you're saying are exactly the same really if you look at it is because you just got someone whether or not I mean, you know, that once was an angel or that once was a medicine man or whatever uh-huh. falling to so who had once the best intentions the best trying to help people just, you know yeah to then falling to something like greed or mm-hmm. wanting to just help people and going to darker paths or whatever to find it and it's just interesting because if you you know flip the script and you just oh yeah this one person saw bigfoot somewhere and they saw him again and they saw a footprint and there's just nothing interesting nothing like real about it moral lesson to it exactly but once you get into these cultural stories you really just you know step into the real world and you can just hear all these amazing stories and whether or not they're true or not you know you're 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 learning something and you're it just it's very cool there's still very cool lessons to be had yeah yeah I, i agree i think it's very cool the i don't know if necessarily the purpose of the skinwalker story again whether they're real or not. I don't know if the story is specifically for this, but when you were talking, when you were just mentioning that, the first thought that came to my mind was something that as I've been doing the research and over the last couple of days that kept coming to my mind was that the ends don't justify the means. And right. maybe, I, I don't know that all of the uh, the medicine men that became skinwalkers i don't know if all of them had good intentions i think there's probably many that just wanted power and just did it because they could but i think that's a very interesting lesson of like i mean even if you go from the most normal person exactly just trying to survive and then you're like hey i can be evil and then you choose Mm -hmm. i mean you don't have to be a righteous person but that just happens to you know i can make my life a lot easier and right, just because yeah. that's maybe your goal doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very, very poignant part of these stories and of this story specifically. So that being said, getting onto a slightly lighter note, I mean, still talking about the horrors that they, that the skinwalkers are, but not so much of a moral uh, weight. The, Skinwalkers have a wide range of abilities that they gain access to when they 
I don't know if you want to say necessarily sell their soul, but when they be turned to this darker type of magic and, and witchcraft, these abilities differ, like I was saying, depending on which traditions and which stories, which tribes you talk to, but they're often relatively similar most of the time, and they're all pretty terrible, all pretty malicious. Um, the first one that they can do is uh, they have command over beasts, over animals of all, any kind. So that's a pretty, pretty neat and kind of makes sense with their, the magic man or the medicine man's magic man. That's a totally different thing. <laughs> uh, the medicine man's ability to like commune with spirits and other beasts. The skinwalkers can do a very similar thing, but used obviously in a negative way. Yeah, I imagine like maybe these beasts would really be bent against their wheel, their will. You know? Probably, so it'd be yeah. like very I, uncomfortable and very unpleasant for them. Either, either bent against their will, or like we'll talk about later. Oftentimes, the trickster, the skinwalkers, are associated and they interact with very specific types of animals, and those are usually the animals that, according to Native American lore are the more either trickstery type of animals or downright like sinister animals that are have are, have no good intentions anyway so they're either forcing animals to their will or they're using animals that are already according to their legends more inclined to chaos and evil so that's either way it's not a good thing and it's used for very bad intentions um, one other thing that they can do, along what you were saying, uh, Bryce, of twisting them to their your will, is they can actually possess living animals and even people. Uh, specifically, they talked about specifically people within their tribe, but just in general, they could possess people overall. And I think the reason that they specifically called out their tribe is because that's basically the most, mostly that's the only people they would be talking to is their own tribe mates. But they generally said that they could just possess people in general, which is awful. So That's is that terrifying? Like really, where they get their name from? Is that like just I walking think, around in like other people's skin? I think it's from this ability, and it's also I think from their next ability. I think oh, those okay. these two are where they get that uh, classic name. The next ability is there. It's like the most famous ability that they're that they have. And that's to transform themselves into other animals where they can physically, like, rather than possessing an animal already there, they just turn into whatever animal they want. And I think that's both with the possessing people and animals and also more specifically turning into other animals. That's where they get that kind of name because they're taking the skin of something else, if you will, and becoming that animal. So, yeah, pretty weird. And most, like I was saying, most of the animals that they would turn into are these ones that are associated with terrible, either bad omens, death, or just being kind of the worst and things like that. Several of these animals, for example, are like coyotes, because coyotes, especially in like the American West area, they're the worst. They're scavengers and they are just generally past like, your pet. Uh huh. Awful. Yeah, it's just they're the worst. They're less uh, pack oriented and less, uh, I don't know, noble in view than uh, 
normally wolves are. That's pretty interesting, though, like, that you, like, were able to see that they were, like, made the connection of coyotes being less of a pack animal. I wouldn't mm-hmm. think about that, but that's yeah. so true. They're usually more solitary, and so that's much like with uh, skinwalkers. As soon as a skinwalker becomes what they are, they usually get shunned and exiled from their tribe, and so the coyote kind of fits right in with them being more of a solitary thing. That doesn't necessarily stick with all of the animals that they use, but coyotes just happen to, I think, fit that. Um, and I think they're just less noble looking than wolves are. And so I guess why they don't typically go with the quote unquote, more powerful, strong animal of the wolf, because according to native American lore, the wolf, although, or the wolf, although a scary animal and you wouldn't want to see it, at night it's viewed as more of a a good benevolent creature that it's just doing what it needs to it's trying to provide for its family just like you're trying to provide for your family whereas coyotes are just kind of a pest so even though it's kind of funny because i mean funny in the sense of coyotes usually eat dead animals like i know right wolves or something yeah wolves will go in and like like especially like in small towns and stuff years and years and years ago where they didn't you know it was wasn't like industrialized and stuff right could literally wipe out entire groups of people Mm -hmm. coyotes really aren't known to do that and so it's just interesting to see now knowing things like that Mm -hmm. what cultures you know in the past didn't know and so coyotes were these noble beasts that are actually more of a nuisance in my opinion than the coyote right and definitely much more dangerous to the general population i mean like coyotes they can take down like animal like your your pets and whatnot maybe children and whatnot but like a normal adult with just one v one coyote versus a full-grown adult i think you, the coyote Even will be a there little are bit some less way bigger than wolves but like i mean yes but yeah exactly they're not prone to exactly wood. they're not likely to attack and so i think most of the time that you would fare better against a coyote than you would a wolf but that being said i do did notice that several of the animals that they are that the skinwalkers are associated with are more scavenging animals and carrion feeders, which I don't know if that's just pure coincidence or if they felt like that was taboo of some sort and that that was why they associated these animals with them. But I did notice that that was something that they often had associated or animals that they associated with. But it it could possibly be that like carrion feeders don't, actually like super work for their food it's you true. know they're kind of like you can maybe view them as a bit more lazy and yeah, that they either, yeah they either try and steal like something that's already been killed from something that has killed it mm-hmm. or they just pick at like the garbage that was left because they're too right you can view as too lazy to hunt themselves it's a good point it's a good point so speaking of other animals like there are other animals that they would be associated with other than just the coyote though that was probably their most common uh they were they were also associated with owls because owls were actually according to uh native american lore they were associated with like death and like the worst of omens was owls which i think is interesting but that they were and they were also associated with hyenas and crows as well among uh, among other things but those were the big ones that i was like that's interesting i didn't think i would never thought that Hyenas especially I was kind of interested by because I want to know, I, I'm curious as to when the hyena became associated with skinwalkers because I doubt 
most Native American tribes would have known about hyenas until probably until the European colonizers came over and told them about them. Well, no. So um, are there are there hyenas I, in America? A little bit. Well, I yes and no. It's very difficult because are there different versions. Well, so like most of them went extinct millions of years ago. Like sure. hyenas are like hyenas are a prehistoric animal. Right. So the fact that they still exist today is pretty interesting, just in general. Sorry, a little bit of nerd over here. I'm but um, super interested. I was curious it's about really cool. Yeah, it's um, and we do have uh, so. Um, I don't know how many, a hundred species that we've found, uh-huh. just like fossils and stuff, all from prehistoric. And so we found them in Canada. We've even found them in uh, like the Southern United States, like Georgia um, and South America. And th- I do think that there might still be some in America today. I just don't yeah, think. Yeah, in zoos. Just kidding. In zoos, <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know. I don't know how many we do. I don't know how many species still exist in north america today gotcha. so like it's, it's a weird i they, i mean they obviously did know about them obviously if they sure. associated them with it but yes there, there are or have, I just at least didn't have know. in the right. past i don't know if there are currently species living out today I, i'm not yeah. sure that's interesting i just didn't know if that was like a recent thing that they were like oh yeah also hyenas probably were associated with them or if that has no, been yeah, there's a thing for a while yeah, um i, we, just, I mean there's like evidence of hyenas That's in Africa, Asia, all over Europe, Mexico, United States. So yeah, pretty much everywhere. Interesting. We, I just, I assumed that was a recent addition to uh, their philosophies and that their, their viewpoints. I didn't, I assumed that they didn't know what they were until recently, but that's super cool. So apparently hyenas as well. And like hyenas for a while, which does make, add a little bit of a validity, I would say to one of the, stories that we'll talk about at skinwalker ranch that they they talk about hyenas there and i was like that's interesting i don't know about that but so yeah those are the uh general animals that they're associated with that the skinwalkers are associated with both they're both male and female skinwalkers because they like i said earlier could be both and it didn't seem like either male or female skinwalkers had any more of a preference to one or the other uh, despite like we'll talk about later the owl women which are kind of kind of like skinwalkers um but the, the skinwalkers themselves didn't have a preference to any type of animal it seemed like they just maybe maybe the individual would but like on a broad term it seemed like they just kind of chose whatever they wanted so yeah it's kind of interesting um but that being said there's been like I again, there's Skinwalker Ranch. There's been tons of stories that have been told about Skinwalkers all throughout history, not just the, the Skinwalker Ranch because that's a relatively recent addition to uh, these stories. But there have been stories about them going back for forever, and oftentimes, like there's stories varying from just the most life and death situations where the Navajo were having to like an entire tribe band together to try and take care of the skinwalkers and it was either the skinwalker or the navajo either one were going to survive and they couldn't survive or they neither one was going to let the other live there was stories that were told that super dramatic but then there was also other stories that were super benign and they were just like oh yeah there was a skinwalker and he was just kind of walking around kind of came close to our tribe he saw people and got scared away and he ran off and that was it. That was all we saw. So 
there's a kind of both sides of the spectrum there was stories told and also there the, obviously there's the ones where they kind of just ended up being neutral stalemate nobody won everybody lost kind of situation so there's all kinds of stories told it's not like there's just stories where they're super threatening but there's also not they're not kind of cowards they're seem like they're pretty interesting so it wasn't a horror story for them no not always and that's like again a little bit different than wendigos where wendigos pretty much any iteration or any interaction with a wendigo is going to be a bloodbath and like terrifying no one like (laughs) it's going to be a nightmare with skinwalkers it seems to be like yeah there are the stories where a skinwalker or maybe maybe multiple i don't think that they travel together usually but usually a skinwalker comes against the navajo tribe or group and they just decide yeah i'm gonna try and kill them all because why not but there's also several stories where it seems like that the skinwalker just decided no you know what i'm out of here i don't want to be messing with these people and just ran off so kind of goes to show we're just you know they left the tribe for a reason exactly because of reed or whatever and so it makes it makes a lot of sense to me to not be a horror story more of just exactly you know it kind of goes to show that there's a little bit more like individuality between each skinwalker they're not the exact same it's not a cut and paste cookie cutter thing between all of them they're not the exact same they are i mean depending on your story they're either literally people or they're still distinct beings just not necessarily human and so they all do although they're put into the gen- general category of skinwalker they are all very different and they all behave relatively differently within right this i mean there's still like similarities but they all act differently so i think that was pretty interesting that being said something that i thought was super interesting is there are also stories amongst uh, the Native American tribes and um, between Native, Native American children specifically in the Navajo tribes that where they'll take their own stories of like skinwalkers and either put in other folklore villains into those or vice versa. They'll often oftentimes take like the classic stories of folklore things that we've heard about specifically a big one that they latched onto and liked was the stories of the killer the hook i don't know if you guys have ever heard of him uh he's a guy like kind of american I and mean, he's an american ghost story about this guy who has a hook for an arm and he'll show up to people that are in their car usually making out and he'll kill them both oh, and yeah. disappear yeah like kind of crazy horrific story yeah, I think I've seen a little bit of on that. Didn't they yeah. do a supernatural episode on that? You know they did. Of we course, they bring did. supernatural again. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. And so, like, they'll they the Navajo children would take these stories about like the hook or other kinds of things, other stories about that. Probably Jason. I I wouldn't put it past them. Why not? And they would put skinwalkers in place instead. So instead of it being the hook, it would be the same story, but there would be a skinwalker instead showing up. And killing these people for some reason so it's just interesting that there's stories that people talk about that have been around for years about things that their ancestors have done but even now today there's still stories that are being told that not necessarily are have been experienced but they just wanted to continue telling these stories and continue 
sharing with each other about these stories of skinwalkers. And so they just use what they know and they tell stories about story of use versions of stories that they've already heard. So I think that's kind of neat. Uh, that is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. But there's also, of course, tons of stories online, especially on Reddit for some reason. Reddit has become like a recent like hot spot on the internet to hear stories of of skinwalkers, but most of these stories are relatively benign of people seeing or thinking they see like a skinwalker like out in the distance on in like the kind of like middle of nowhere kind of area and they think that they see a skinwalker and they get freaked out and they'll run away and they'll get away or sometimes they'll be able to be saved by the intervention of a medicine man one of those native american magic users that are good that ends up saving them and so there's tons of stories online of on reddit specifically of people experiencing this kind of thing and they're always they always talk about the describing the skinwalkers they always describe them as four-legged brutes with disturbingly human looking faces but usually they're kind of twisted with animalistic features in that human face and then they also talk about them having glowing orange slash red eyes okay. which i think is wild yeah so they like it seems like most of these stories they're more in their animalistic form maybe maybe not quite fully animal kind of like a half hybrid version where they're not fully human but not fully animal but and they're always described as being very fast and they have they make like horrific screams and fiendish cries as they call them so that in in it by itself would be terrifying to me there's just something about being out in the middle of nowheres and all of a sudden hearing screams is super unnerving to me yeah yeah i think like i don't know like if you think you ever like go camping and you're just like chilling Mm -hmm. around your fire and then you just hear like screaming that's like the most immediate like nope this uh (laughs) camping trip is coming to an end tonight we're done (laughs) one way or another yeah absolutely there was actually when i was a kid i was uh in the boy scouts of america when i was a kid back in the day Oh, good times. And, uh, yeah, it was loads of fun. We went camping and I hated it, but we survived. Uh, one of the times we went on a camping trip, there was actually, I wasn't sure if we were going to survive because we were all sitting around the campfire telling stories. And then out of nowhere, there was a scream in the woods and everyone just went quiet. And we're like, all right, we're going to bed tonight. That was it. Nobody, what? we don't want to, we don't want to talk anymore. Cause we had been like, I don't think I could get any sleep after that. Man. <laughs> well, I think it was, we all just wanted to be indoors. We all wanted to be inside of our tent. Like inside and, your like polyester tent. Where yeah, we were yeah. like, yeah, we wanted to be like into, inside two inches away from each other. So nobody could come and grab us out of the dark. We well, didn't want to kill be, you all at once. Hey, that's fine. As long as I'm not killed alone. I don't want to be dragged out into the woods, but so yeah, the prize in the middle of, the night is horrific and i have zero interest in it but that being said like i said there's also a really famous story about this ranch in uh, utah it's uh kind of northeast utah good that's called utah. skinwalker ranch yeah good old utah and there's this ranch called skinwalker ranch back in the day it's been associated or or thought to be associated with supernatural events for years like tons of years 
and there's a Native American tribe nearby that has always thought and claimed that there is a skinwalker in the area or skinwalkers in the area and not necessarily on the ranch specifically. I mean, if they, they say that it's either on the ranch or nearby the ranch either way, but regardless, they believe that there is, there are skinwalkers in that area, that tribe. So unfortunately there was a rancher back in the day. Well, I say back in the day, it was 1994. So like a couple of years before I was born. So not that long ago. Um, but he ended up deciding that he wanted to buy this ranch. Uh, his name was Terry Sherman and he Good old bought Terry. the ranch. Yeah, I know. And the ranch had actually been vacant for like almost eight years before he bought it. The, the people had just moved out and disappeared. And so he bought this empty uh, ranch and there was still a ranch house on there. And so he and his wife and two kids decided they wanted to move out to this ranch. And when they got they got there, they were like really impressed and also a little bit unnerved by how many like deadbolts there were in the house. There was a deadbolt on every single door on both sides of every single door and on every single uh, window of the main house. Oh, so there was deadbolt <laughs> inside, deadbolt outside of every door and every window in the house. Which is super weird. And then, like, even, like, the kitchen cabinets had bolts on them. So, like, they were, like, I don't know, maybe, like, I was playing Devil's Advocate. Maybe, like, the Home Depot which just had a sale on deadbolts. And so this guy just bought, like, the previous owner bought a ton of them. But for but some reason. It would be so reason, annoying to install them all, you know. I know, right? It would be the worst. But so there was deadbolts on every door. And then there was also outside on both ends of the house, on the front, like, like nearby the front door of the house and nearby the back door of the house, there was giant iron stakes driven to the ground with like big heavy chains that had been installed and were just still hanging out there. And it kind of looked like there used to be like big guard dogs on both sides of the house for some reason, but obviously the guards, the dogs were gone now, but for some reason they had guard dogs on both sides of the house. So they were just a little bit unnerved by that, but I mean, they just kind of bought this giant uh, ranch, so they're kind of committed at this point. But after seeing that, then a couple of days later, they decided to start moving their stuff in. And on the day that they were moving their furniture and stuff into the house, they had this horrifying experience. They're, they were moving things in, and suddenly, nearby, they spotted a wolf. But like a big wolf, a really big wolf. He was just kind of walking around out in the pasture. And slowly the walk, the wolf started walking towards him and was just acting super tame, super mild, just totally chill, came up to him and was nuzzling up to them. And several of the family members specifically called out that they remembered it was raining that day. And so the wolf smelled like wet dog while they I were imagine, it. I imagine it would. Yeah, I mean, but like it's just like they were specifically mentioning like, yeah, it looked like a wolf, but it like it looked, it felt like a wolf, it smelled like a wolf, and so they were petting it for a few minutes, and then the dog or the wolf walked over to where they had their cattle corralled into like a in a pen, and the wolf walked over to the corral and then grabbed one of the calves by the snout, like bit him, and started trying to pull the calf out through the bars of the corral. And 
obviously the rancher wasn't jazzed about that so he started shooting the wolf with his like he had a pistol or sorry first his he and his son started smacking it with sticks because let's not go from zero to 100 too fast and uh the wolf didn't really react obviously so then they grab he the rancher grabbed his gun he had a 357 magnum in his truck and he started shooting the wolf at point blank range and again the wolf had no reaction totally unfazed so after he shot him several times there then he went and grabbed his more powerful gun and he started shooting like so the rancher was also a hunter so it makes sense he had a hunting rifle with him in his truck and he also had really good aim as a hunter so he went up to the went and got his hunting rifle and went pretty close range to the dog and started shooting the dog with this hunting rifle and the wolf's getting hit and totally unfazed again not even bothered he ended up shooting five shots with this hunting rifle big gun five shots into the the wolf before it started to like actually show any kinds of like damage if you will but like before i even started noticing so all of the other shots all of the other smacks on it didn't even phase it wasn't drawing blood wasn't like causing it to flinch at all and after he shot him the fifth time with the hunting rifle they said a chunk of hair and flesh came off of the wolf but still the wolf wasn't all that affected by it but they did break off a piece and then after the sixth shot finally the wolf kind of gave up and just ran off and the rancher and his kids the the son went chasing it for a while and they said after several miles into the woods it just disappeared the tracks just up and vanished as if it just totally disappeared into thin air so it was kind of odd they were a little bit confused but they ended up going back to the house and the mother the the wife of the rancher of uh terry said that she picked up the chunk of flesh and she said it smelled like rotting uh, meat yeah why would you do that oh uh, because she's like that dog just was getting shot and totally not phased and then so now a chunk of it's broken out like been shot off and she's like what the heck is this thing built of and she goes and picks it up and she says it smells like rotting meat it smelled awful yes so he then the rancher was like okay well maybe there's a Maybe there's some tame wolf in the area, I guess. I don't know. Like, Let's think of all the logical choices first. So he went and asked several of the neighbors in the area if they had any of them seen or heard about tame wolves in the area, and none of them had heard of anything. And so there was just kind of odd experience. And then till a few weeks later, again, the rancher's wife had just gotten home, and she was still sitting in her car, and she said a massive wolf came up to where her car was and she said that the back of the wolf came up to the top of where her window was in her car and then she said that it would that giant wolf was also accompanied with like a smaller animal dog-like animal that was she couldn't figure out what breed it was but it was just a big like a, another wolf with it animal mm-hmm. so yeah that's a that's skinwalker ranch that's one of the most famous stories that was told about it and like i said it's been associated with tons of other things as well but 
like one of the ones that they talk about is there's also several of the neighbors have seen what they said. They said that it was a red haired looking animal slash dog that they thought was a hyena, but they were kind of confused. And that the hyenas, every once in a while, they would see a hyena running across the property or sometimes attacking the Sherman's horses. And mm -hmm. the neighbors were like, that's crazy because hyenas, they shouldn't be around here. Or we don't know that there's hyenas around here, but apparently they would see them every once in a while. But eventually, after about 18 months of living at the ranch, the Shermans decided they had had enough. They were moving. And Terry Sherman was quoted in saying that the experience with the wolf and other things that those weren't even like the biggest problems for him those weren't the reasons that he was leaving to him he said the the most unnerving thing about the property and reason why he was leaving is because he kept hearing voices and he kept telling or he said that he kept hearing these voices either like they would come on the wind or out of the darkness while he was like walking his dogs or home alone and he said that they kept he kept feeling like they were trying to invoke something. And so he's like, you know what? These voices are probably no good. So I'm out of here. And so he and his family moved after, after being there for about 18 months and they sold it to a guy who now, I think that guy then bought it from them who then sold it to another guy. And then they now run it as a sort of kind of area 51, but not with jets kind of an area where like they have tourists coming and visiting kind of thing for like there there's also been stories of ufo sightings and whatnot so they just now have a bunch of cameras set up trying to catch something but there haven't really been any stories since so yeah. as soon as like one thing supernatural happens in the place that i live i'm moving i don't care i know like, right i don't mess with supernatural stuff. seriously uh, i mean if I there's like, unkillable wolves on your property uh -huh. you should probably leave immediately that's like one and, of the biggest red flags and voices trying to like conjure something or whatever like right? no thank you yeah yeah voices in the wind i'm already like no nah, no thanks that's a little creepy but like i don't know unkillable but the, wolves, for UFOs. me for me the unkillable wolf would be the thing where i'm like yo this thing might come back i'm out of here this thing's terrifying yeah it, but, it's interesting though because i've heard this that like wolf story of skinwalker ranch a couple times uh -huh. and i never put it together that it could be like as that is the skinwalker yeah possibly you know that's... that could be a person you know that it's just crazy man mm -hmm. it's 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 so nuts that's like, uh... in the best way <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that's the that's the theory that the, everyone has come up with that they think that it must be a skinwalker because of how this animal a wolf that's typically not tame at all just came up to people totally calm for no reason and then started attacking a a calf, got shot like tons of times, totally not phased by it, and then ran off and then disappeared in the woods without a trace. Like this guy, remember, was a hunter. So he was pretty skilled at, and a very skilled hunter. Like everyone said that he was very good at hunting. He would just, he didn't just do it like once. So he was a pretty decent hunter. And so he should be able to track animals through the woods pretty well. And he and his son go into the woods and this thing just disappears. So that's where a lot of people are like, yeah, they probably it's that feels like a skinwalker if I've ever heard of one. So it was a very cool story. Yeah. That I heard of that story several years ago and I just I thought it was so interesting. And it's very different than 
than many of the other stories that are told about skinwalkers. But that being said, real quickly, we'll uh, talk about the Tatakeao, the Ka. Sorry, um, these these are the guys that I mentioned were they're translate that word translates to owl woman or owl monster, maybe both, um, and they're very very similar to skinwalkers in almost all versions like they function almost the same as skinwalkers um there but there are some key differences one of them is there's only ever according to stories there's only ever been five of these guys there like, only were five and they're ever? only ever yeah ever so with that being said they're all dead now like they, they yeah it seems like they're all extinct which According to legend, seems like it's probably for the best. These things were terrifying, and they're often like they're named as one of the most monstrous, terrifying things that has ever been on Earth. As that's what they like people tell them as. So, kind of glad that they don't exist anymore. But so there's only ever five of them, and they were all sisters. There was the five sisters that that's why they were called the Owl Women or Owl Woman because they were all women. They were all sisters. And uh, there's a couple of stories of what happened. We know the stories of how three of them died. And then since nobody's seen any of them for years, it's assumed that the other two must have died off. But this is it's been hundreds of years since they were seen. So it's presumed that they've been dead. But the uh, main story, there was two uh, real, real quickly synopsize this story that two of the owl women they were going around doing their thing eating a bunch of nasty stuff apparently they were famous for like eating all of the things that the native americans don't want to eat and oh. one of those things among among like a bunch of like frogs and snakes and things like that they were also famous for eating uh humans and specifically children because they taste apparently delicious um oh, yikes <laughs> yeah but so one of these days they decided that they didn't want to just eat a kid they wanted to kidnap a kid for some reason and so this kid got kidnapped and got taken back to their cave where they lived and he lived there for a couple of days before finally one day the owl women were out of the cave or slash not looking at him they like had kind of wandered off and he decided this was his time. So he booked it out of that cave and just started running. He was like, like uh, Forrest Gump. He just ran for days until finally, well, not actually for days, but like ran for a while till he eventually ended up finding his tribe and reuniting with them. And he told them the story of what happened. And then a couple days later, after he was reunited, that cave that they had been in just exploded out of nowhere. Just, what? just blew up. They said they said it got hot and then exploded. What? And, so, and that's that the most vague. Like I know, I don't know what happened, but they said exploded, and those two were destroyed from the explosion. They don't know what happened that caused the explosion, but they think that it was a higher power that decided. I guess they were done. These things don't deserve to live. They just kidnapped a kid, so you're out of here. That's your last strike. So, and then, and then the other one that we know of, basically the only thing that we know is that there was another one of the five sisters that was just doing her thing until she fell into the ocean and drowned to death. And while she was drowning, this power came to her and talked and told her that 
Although she was dying, from now on, her eye would be the only part of her that would continue to exist, and that it would exist in the owls, and that that part of her would continue on, and that's how owls existed. And that's also why owls are associated with, like, death, is because they are, like, the descendants of these five. Oh, so these uh, five sisters predated owl kind? I think the they not necessarily predated owl kind, but I think owls were less special before these guys. And then after these guys existed, I don't know if owls were born from them, but they specifically mentioned that it's because of the eye being given to owls, if you will, that that's why owls have such great vision and such great night vision specifically. Freaking huge eyes. (laughs) And massive eyes. So... That's I'm, I don't know if it's specifically that owls didn't exist because they are owl people. So like they, I, I assume something was must have existed before them. So that way people would be like, oh, that must be a human mixed with this other animal we know of. But they, they do specifically mention that after they died, owls were given that eye as a, a like a gift throughout the entire species. And that was what gave them their increased vision and that's where owls come from so okay or or get that so yeah did these uh people just have like basic kind of skinwalker powers or was there something more that made them even more terrifying is so it seems like they were a little bit different they don't seem to be have the magical powers of skinwalkers but it does seem like so they could only turn into owls Uh, they were that was like their one animal they could only choose that but they also seemed like they were way more durable and just lived longer Um, it seemed like they had been around because there had been tons of tons of stories over years of these creatures these owl women and yet there was only ever quote-unquote five of them so i don't think they were specifically straight up skinwalkers but they're just they're very close to their the lore and their stories are very similar to skinwalkers and so that's well, why they, they kind of lumped them together one of their main abilities was being punished by some exactly thing they were exactly so that's where like their <laughs> stories are very similar they're very similar but that being said that being said there's they're thought to be extinct now so theoretically they can't like propagate themselves and they can't continue to exist so it seems like there was something special about them that came about. So maybe there was more, they were a little bit more special than skinwalkers, but we don't know. Cause like I said, at the beginning of the episode, the native Americans people in general, and, and a lot of tribes, specific tribes just don't like to talk about these stories very much. So it might be that there are more stories about these guys out there that we don't know about that, that tribes have and been, have been telling each other that we just don't know. But all of the stories that we know of, as far as right now, today, this is basically as far as this is as much information as we have. And they don't seem to be that crazy, but they were called the most dangerous creature on Earth. So, I mean, you don't get that for nothing, right? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) They were called the most dangerous beings. Sorry. Most dangerous beings on Earth. So maybe they could get the invincible wolf a run for its money, but there you go. I don't, so know. I don't know. I don't know what maybe there are other stories told about them, but that's those are the stories that we have about them today 
and it's not very much so that's why i lumped them in with skinwalkers since they're so similar kind of interesting because like is i mean until today i always thought that owls were looked at as like wise old Uh uh-huh same things and like i mean i've never heard of them like specifically good or bad i guess and hearing that you know multiple times in this episode hearing that like they're looked at as like more evil it's pretty interesting to me that that yeah because i'd never heard that before it's really interesting and i think i think they not that i know of i think that they did see them as smart but like smart in not necessarily a good way like it's not that they were like discounting them because i think they still did associate owls with wisdom and being clever but they still they thought that they were smart in a bad way and that they were evil and i think mainly because of this association with the owl women and with skinwalkers both that that's why i think where that thought came from and a lot of the other more classic association with owls being smart and nice that we hear of are probably from like more either european or scandinavian or other stories like that but yeah i had never really heard about that either until i heard these stories i I was like That's very my, interesting. My basis was the uh, the Tootsie Pop commercial, <laughs> the folklore. <laughs> well, then, I mean, that's pretty that's pretty concrete evidence. So yeah, right. deep lore of Tootsie Pops, man. Never How many licks does it take to get to the center? I've been dying to know. I tried counting when I was a kid. You know, Did I you? count at like a hundred or something. Yeah, cool. I'd always get too bored and just bite into it. I would never have that kind of patience. I could never get that far. <laughs> But speaking of patience, thanks for uh, sticking with us for this episode. I, I yes. apologize. It was a little bit of a longer episode, but there was just there's a, some a lot of really cool stories that came with the skinwalkers and the owl women. We didn't that, even get to all of the stories, so yeah, yeah. There's some there's some more you guys research. There, yeah, there's some more stories that are out there that are, can get into some weird rabbit holes that I just kind of glossed over a couple of them just for either time's sake or just because I was confused a little bit by him but and plus you gotta you gotta have some more we don't want to give everything we're just giving you a taste of what there is out there to learn and then you can yeah, do you your own research yeah go down the rabbit hole it's or so the, much the, fun the owl owl hole is there an owl hole do owls uh, their holes? owls, some yes, owls there's ground owls man. Yeah. i thought they were only about barn owls i thought owls have <laughs> For the since the beginning of time, owls only lived in barns. <laughs> they just have been waiting for humans to build barns, and they were homeless and before that. So when the great barn died, did it like <laughs> home for all the barns? <laughs> yeah, like it, it spread across the world, and made little baby barns across the world. Uh, yeah. yeah, what a legend! <laughs> the story of the barn. Well, but, I yeah. want to fulfill. Um what randy has been doing the past couple of weeks and just letting uh, you guys know that it's bryce's turn next week and so we uh, might be getting monsters inc monsters inc. Like- here we go mm, not <laughs> that's gonna- next week but it's coming he's, he's gonna hate us bryce is gonna <laughs> stop <laughs> talking to us because of this no no i i think it'd be really interesting to do one and just uh bro i gotta dig deep into that lore i was just gonna, gonna say gonna i don't know it. i don't know how much monsters lore there is You've got. I'm gonna watch like the movies at like. You've got Monsters at Work, the new TV show, and then you've got uh-huh. like the old video games that came out in like the early. Oh 2000. man, yeah, I forgot about those games. Uh, lore on days. 
in four days. So there you go. No, lot lore on days. There are just days <laughs> that are on lore. So well, there you go. For better or for oh, worse, maybe bringing Monsters Inc. for you. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, again, thank you for listening. Uh, yes, if you wanna, thank you all. We really appreciate. It. We love doing this, and so we're going to keep going regardless. But if you uh, if you would like to share it with a friend of yours, we'd truly appreciate it. If you want to share it with someone you know that's uh, either really interested in these kind of stories or maybe someone who's just really interested in Native American lore specifically, you can share this episode with them. But yeah, and uh, maybe be on the lookout for some social media coming from us yeah. in a couple of weeks, and you can like uh, recommend monsters you should do stuff like yeah. that. Once we make that, we'll be able to start plugging it in on these episodes mm -hmm. so you guys can get to it. And I would, I would love one of my one of the things I'm looking forward to most is like we're getting our social media up and running. I'm looking forward to some suggestions or stories from the from you guys that of what you've heard and what you've seen and things that you would like us to cover. So look yeah. forward to that and should be coming out soon. But otherwise, we want to thank you for listening and have a good one.